Well, welcome again to Abounding Love Podcast. My name is Dave Nelson. We've been studying through the book of Acts, and we find ourselves at Acts chapter 13. And on the last podcast, we looked at verses 1 through 12 of Acts 13. So tonight we're going to pick it up in verse 13. So why don't you go ahead and grab your Bibles and open them up there to Acts chapter 13. And before we get started, why don't we go ahead and pray. Father God in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy in our lives, Lord. Thank you that you are with us always. You have promised to never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. And Lord, we come to you as we study through your word now, Lord, and we ask that as only you can, you would teach us that you would renew us in the spirit of our minds, that you would speak to that place within our hearts that only you know, Lord. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the comforter, you are the counselor, and we pray that you will teach us now and instruct us in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so picking up in verse 13 of Acts chapter 13. It says, Now, when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Now, here is where John Mark, okay, who is the cousin of Barnabas, he splits the scene. He, he leaves. He takes off and he goes back home to Jerusalem. And uh, this would later become a problem between Barnabas and Paul. And uh, we'll see that when we get there, but we'll see that in, in Acts chapter 15, Barnabas and Paul are going to go their separate ways. And the issue between them is regarding John Mark and the fact that uh, Barnabas wants him to go along with him again. Uh, Paul says, no, he left us before. But anyway, why did John Mark leave? Well, the Bible doesn't give us that answer. But one thing I find interesting here in verse 13 is that up until this point, the mention of Barnabas and Saul, or slash Paul, was always in that order. Um, now, all of a sudden, here in verse 13, it's Paul and his party. Now, I'm not saying that that was the problem for John Mark, but it's just interesting to me uh, to note the shift in, in Luke's writing here, he, it now becomes different. Up until this point, like I said, it was Barnabas and Saul. But remember, as we study through the Bible, the reason I kind of point that out, just something to look at, is we're reading about people when we study this word. We're, they're, they're just men and women that we study about in the Bible. They're not saints. They did not walk around with halos over their heads as religion portrays them. They're just men and women. The only, the only thing holy about them was the Holy Spirit that was working in and through them to accomplish His will. And the same holds true for you and I today. We should never lift men to a place above anyone else, men or women. We, we should not lift them up. We should lift up the name of Jesus and as we study through the book of Acts, you're going to see me point this out on, on several occasions that 
You need to have your personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with him where you know his voice, you hear his voice, you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you, and you go out and be witnesses for Jesus Christ in your life, and you live your life for his glory. But anyway, whatever the reason of the departure of John Mark, the truth of the matter is is that they were both used by the Holy Spirit for a great work. Paul and John Mark, that is, as well as we'll see as we study on, Barnabas was as well, but Paul would continue on in the ministry that God had for him, and John Mark would go on and write the gospel of Mark. So God, you know, uses different circumstances to to shake us up and, and, and send us in different directions, but it's always for God's glory. So we must remain focused on him always and and remain rooted and grounded in his word and be people that are spiritually minded people that are led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, verse 14 there says, but when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. Now, remember, where did Barnabas and Saul come from? They came out of Antioch, right? We studied last time how they were praying in Antioch and the Holy Spirit told the believers there to to set apart for them Barnabas and Saul for the work that he had for them to do. And now here they are right back in Antioch. Now, one thing I notice here is that they didn't say to each other, hey, we can't preach here. Remember we talked about a few other guys in Antioch that had the ability to teach? That was uh, Menaean, Lucius, and, and Simeon. Well, you know, here's Paul and Barnabas, or Barnabas and Paul, however you want to say it. They're right back in Antioch. And they don't have this feeling like they're, they're treading on someone else's territory. Unfortunately, today, though, this kind of thing does exist amongst churches, They establish territories and they try to keep other churches out when really all we need to do is spread the gospel. We need the gospel being spread in every neighborhood because people are hurting and lost without Jesus Christ. And no church owns a territory. The Holy Spirit works on hearts individually and he wants to use us as individuals to to reach people in our neighborhoods. We should have a Bible study in every household as believers. There can never be enough Bible teaching because it's the Word of God that will change the hearts of people. Not not church institutions, not buildings, not things like that. Yeah, church is a great place, and don't ever get me wrong with that. I love going to church. It's a great place to go and and fellowship with like-minded believers, but that's not our lives. Our lives are to be sold out to Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit as individuals and sharing his love with the world around us. So if you feel you have a gift to teach, open, start a Bible study in your home. Do a podcast. Do something. If you have, if you feel the Holy Spirit has gifted you to teach, then do it. Don't let man tell you you cannot or you can only do it in this place or that place. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
Don't hold back because of persecution that will will arise. And don't be surprised if persecution comes from a place where you never expect it. Okay? Now I'm kind of speaking to to those of you that are out there that are established in the in the word and you understand the gifting that the Holy Spirit has given you. I'm encouraging you and edifying you and it may not be teaching the Bible. It may be something else. It may be the gift of ministry. Who knows what it may be. There's all kind of gifts that you can study and if you can if you want you can go back to um, a prior podcast and listen to uh, a teaching there on how we touched on some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But just be careful you don't put yourself in a little box and say, well, you know, I go to church on Sunday and and they do everything there. There's a pastor there that teaches and there's somebody that does the youth and there's somebody that takes care of my children. And there's all these things that happen there and I don't need to do anything. I can just sit here. Well, each and every one of us are gifted in some way by the Holy Spirit. And you'll find that if you're doing that, you'll find you'll just dry up. You'll dry up spiritually because we need to faith. We need to realize that faith without works is dead. We need to build up our faith, strengthen our faith. Now, I'm not talking about salvation faith. Okay, I'm not talking about um, earning salvation or anything like that. I'm, I'm talking about once you're saved, once you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you have giftings from the Holy Spirit that you can step out in. And you need to exercise that faith. And sitting in a pew or sitting in a chair at church and and just looking up to someone else while they teach you, that's a wonderful thing. But that can't be all there is. You'll just become fat and lazy spiritually if that's all you're doing. So anyway, but now here's Paul and Barnabas and they're back in Antioch and they're ready to preach. And they go to the synagogue. Verse 15 And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them saying, Men, brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. So here we see the Holy Spirit opens a door. And Paul, he stands up to give a word of exhortation to the people. He says in verse 16, Then Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, Men of Israel, And you who fear God, listen, the God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. So Paul is now giving a history lesson and he's bringing to their remembrance what the children of Israel went through and how God acted on their behalf. Egypt is like the world for you and I. Jesus redeemed us from the world, and we now dwell as strangers in this land. We're just passing through. This world is not our home. Verse 18, now for a time of about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. God is so long-suffering, isn't he? He puts up with those whining children of Israel for 40 years, and he took care of their every need. In 40 years of wandering through the wilderness, they had all their needs met. Oh, that we would praise him for his love and kindness toward us, because he's long-suffering with us as well, and he puts up with us. Verse 19, and when he had 
destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan. He distributed their land to them by allotment. After that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterwards, they asked for a king, so God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus. So Paul gives this history lesson to those at the synagogue in Antioch, and he brings it right back to Jesus. In this history lesson, Paul goes from the choosing of the patriarchs to the deliverance from Egypt to the wilderness years to the conquest of Canaan through the time of the judges and creation of a monarchy. But it all culminates in Jesus right here in verse 23. God has a plan for history. And Jesus is the goal of history. You see, and our redemption was all part of God's plan. It really is amazing when you study all that took place in the history of Israel that pointed to the coming of the Messiah. Verse 24, after John had first preached before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning him. You see, Paul is pouring out his heart here. He's trying to get them to understand that the son of David, the promised seed, the Messiah, has come. And the fact that they condemned him was the fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. Verse 28, And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Wow. Do you know what the Jews' method of killing someone was? It was stoning they stoned Stephen to death, remember? And in chapter 14, we're going to see that they'll stone Paul and think that they had killed him. So why didn't they stone Jesus? It's because of prophecy. The Old Testament prophesied of how the Messiah would die. Remember the serpent on the pole in Numbers chapter 21? If you don't know that story, go and read go and read it. Remember Deuteronomy chapter 21 says that cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. 
Psalm 22 says they pierced my hands and my feet. All of these scriptures speak in regards to the crucifixion. They don't speak of stoning. So Paul brings to their remembrance that there was not cause for death with Jesus, but they took him to the Romans and to Pilate, and their manner of death was what? What was the Romans' manner of death? How did they put somebody to death? Crucifixion. You see, he's trying to get them to see that Jesus is the promised Messiah that the Old Testament pointed to. Now, verse 29 says, When they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and they laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. Praise be to God. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. So Paul laid it all out before them. The facts about their history, the facts about Jesus. And then he said, and here we are declaring to you this good news. Verse 33, God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. As it is also written in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you, and and that he raised him up from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another Psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. See, the body of Jesus did not see corruption because his body did not decompose in the grave. Verse 36, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. You see, there are two things that stand out here to me in verse 39. It says, everyone who believes... And all and from all things. Anyone can come to Jesus and be forgiven of all things. The law of Moses could not do this because the law of Moses had to do with the external. But Jesus came along and made it clear that it is the heart that needs a change. It's not the external, but the internal that Jesus came to deal with. And he came to set us free. Uh, Let's turn, if you will, in your Bibles to uh, Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. And uh, let's begin reading in verse 18. So Mark 
chapter 7, verse 18. It says, So he said to them, Are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods? And he said, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, All these evil things come from within and defile a man. You see, everything about the law of Moses had to do with the way someone lived their life externally. And today, that's the way of religion. It's all about how you look on the outside, what you do on the outside. Religion says, if I go to church on Sunday or if I go to church on Christmas and Easter and I throw a little money in the basket, then it's okay if I live the way I want the rest of the year. But the truth of the matter is that the good things we do on the outside cannot take away the dirt from within our hearts. And that's what Jesus is pointing out here in these verses. And that's what Paul is making clear to the Jews back in Acts chapter 13. Go ahead and flip back there. Acts chapter 13. Paul continues on in verse 40. He says, Beware therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. Right there, Paul is quoting from the Old Testament book Habakkuk, chapter 1. And he's making a point that salvation by grace in Jesus is hard for some people to receive. For some reason in the heart of man is a desire to believe that we need to do good things in order to be saved. Therefore, mankind tends to follow in the way of religion rather than receiving God's love and grace and being born again. It's hard for the Jews who were very religious to receive what Paul's telling them here. But the Gentiles would gladly receive it. Look at verse 42. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost a whole city came together to hear the word of God. Wow, I like that there. They weren't coming out to hear Paul and Barnabas. 
were they? No, they were coming out to hear the word of God. And that's why I always stress that you need to read and to study the word of God yourself. And you don't need to just listen to a man teach it to you. You need to know it for yourself. You need to hear the word of God, not hear Dave Nelson on his podcast or hear some other pastor or some other teacher. That's not the important thing. The important thing is that you hear the word of God. Now, praise be to God for the men that are out there and the women that are out there, the people that are out there that are just teaching God's word and sharing God's love with people. They're being used by the Holy Spirit to do that. And praise be to God for that. But the point of the point I'm making here is don't elevate man to a point where you say, he's my teacher, he's who I listen to, and that's how I get fed. Because when you do that, you're just simply hearing a man. You're not hearing from God. Okay? So that's something I really encourage you to pray about and study on your own, and, and, and anything that I ever tell you, go back and study it on your own. Do an in-depth study after you hear me tell you anything, because I'm just a man. I can make a mistake in my words. I can say the wrong things. But the Word of God is unchanging. It is true. It is the truth. It is the only truth. It, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It works within you. So, Hear the word of God, study the word of God, know the word of God, live the word of God. Verse 45, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. There it is. Right there, it says they were filled with envy after they saw the multitudes coming out to hear the word of God. Wow. They, they got indignant. They got, you know, hey, you can't be preaching this way around here. You're stealing people from our church. You're taking people out of the synagogue with these words you're preaching. You can't be doing this. See, it wasn't until they saw the multitudes that's when they got upset because they realized, uh-oh, we could be in trouble here. We could be losing a lot of money if these people go and become born again and are led by the Holy Spirit themselves and start their own Bible studies in their houses, which ended up happening here in the book of Acts, we see. So this, this got them upset. They didn't stop and think about the good that was being done in the hearts of the people but they listened to the envy that welled up within them. And they, they began to contradict, to blaspheme, and to oppose. And believe me, unfortunately, this goes on today. We have church wars and we have people out there. But, but you know, a lot of people... A lot of people take that and they look at that kind of thing and they say, see that church is full of hypocrites and that's why I don't go. Well, you know what? This podcast is a call to you that say stuff like that to come to Jesus. I'm not inviting you to church. I'm not inviting you to a religion. If you say church is full of hypocrites and Christianity is full of hypocrites, I'd probably have to agree with you. In, in many ways. But I tell you what, Jesus Christ 
is all you need. And you need to come to him and you need to know his voice and you need to study the word of God that you might know the God of all creation personally. And you'll have no excuse one day when you stand before God and you say, well, God, I didn't go to church because uh, it's full of hypocrites. Well, he's never asked you to come to church. He's asking you to come to Jesus, the author, the finisher of your faith, the Lord of our salvation. Come to Jesus. Verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. To who? Who's he saying? To the Jews, right? It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. So, as it was in God's plan, salvation came to the Jews first, and then to the rest of the Gentile world. But we also know that Romans chapter 11, verse 25 and 26 say that, Blindness, in part, has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. Now, you might want to read that verse for yourself. Romans chapter 11, write it down or something. Verse 25 and 26, it says that blindness, in part, has happened to to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Well, guess what? That hasn't happened yet. Not every Gentile that's going to receive Jesus Christ has come to that place yet. God is long-suffering. He is patient. He is loving. He is kind. He is giving people the opportunity to repent and to be born again and to turn unto Him. But someday the time will come. When the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Look at verse 48. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. Now, the Greek word that's used there in that verse for the word appointed is the word tasso. It's T-A-S-S-O. It means to put in order or to station, to put in order or to station. So you can think of it as someone being appointed to a position, say, like on a board of directors or something like that. But how did these Gentiles get to that place where they could believe in Jesus? How does someone get there? How does, get, how does someone get to that place where they're now ready they're appointed to that place. They're, they're put in place or they're stationed in a place now where they can receive Jesus. How do they get there? How did these Gentiles get there? They heard the word of God, didn't they? Remember, they wanted the word preached the next Sabbath to them. So the word of God went to the Gentiles and the, Gentile, and the word of God put them in a place where they were now ready to receive Jesus Christ. Their heart was made ready. 
And you see, it's the Word of God that changes people today on the inside. I've quoted this partially already, but the Word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You see, many will take that verse 48 here and create a huge argument out of it. Calvinism versus Arminianism, you know? But as we look at the context of this verse, we see that the Gentiles were made ready for salvation as a result of hearing and believing the Word of God. And by the way, if you're out there listening and you want to send me a letter disputing this and arguing this, just take that between you and the Lord. Because I don't argue and dispute over the Word of God. The Word of God needs to be taken to every person on this planet because the Word of God is the good news of Jesus Christ and salvation by grace through faith. God is not willing that any should perish. He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whomsoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 49, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Man, there's always people out there that just want to stir up trouble. They just want to stir up. They want to fight about everything. But verse 51 says, But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. You see, when you step out to do the will of the Lord, expect persecution. It can come through those that hate the message of the Bible, or it can come from within the body of Christ that has been stirred to envy or jealousy or they're protecting their turf, turf, whatever it may be. But whatever way it comes, we need to shake the dust off and move on in the calling of the Lord upon your life. And what was the result here? Verse 52, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. That's the result being filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So, like I said, for those of you out there listening to this podcast and you say Christianity and church is full of hypocrites and I want nothing to do with it, you're not being called to salvation through church or salvation through hypocrites. You're being called to Jesus Christ. And you need to Call out to him today if you don't know him. It's just the prayer way. Surrender your life. Repent. Turn from the things of this world and turn to the living God. And those of you that are listening to this podcast that already know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I encourage and I exhort you to step out in the calling that God has on your life. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and go on and serve the Lord with all of your heart. God bless, guys. Thanks for listening again to the podcast. I look forward to hearing from you, and we'll see you on the next podcast.